Welcome back to the Foxy Property Chat podcast. Uh, to start things off, Phoebe. So is YouTube just on you? Uh, no, that's, um, sorry, this one's Instagram. Oh, Instagram, that's what I meant. Inst- <laughs> I'll, I mean, like, I'll move it around. I'd probably love to watch you, but... No, yeah. no, I'll move it around. And the other... Um, <laughs> cool. To start things off, Phoebe, you've been to a couple meetups, retreats, uh, business um, conferences recently. Yeah. You've spoken to a bunch of agents, I assume. What's the feeling out there heading into spring? Oh, there's a bit of, um, I guess, cons- not not concerned. Just, uh, so, just obviously the market's changing. Um, there's a lot of conversation about how the market is changing. We are seeing that. So, uh, we have properties that have now had. The, we've gone from the styling being in those properties for about five weeks. Um, we have, if we look at a couple of months ago, if look three months ago, five properties were selling quite quickly. Furniture was coming out within five weeks. We are now having properties that have had the, the styling in there for eight weeks, the full eight weeks, and now needing to extend uh, without those offers coming through. So, um, as a styling company, we are seeing the differences. Um, discussions with the real estate agencies and agents that I have been talking with uh, a lot about getting those preparations and the groundwork done for for spring. I I am seeing for for us forward bookings. We have heaps of those coming through. There is going to be a lot of properties coming to the market, um, but we're obviously. Um, Evie's not playing along with us today. <laughs> we obviously, and now we have vendors reach out to us before they're selecting the real estate agents. Um, the feeling for us is a little bit different to what I'm, what I gather when I'm talking to these real estate agents. So uh, there's a lot more effort, a lot more work to go to get to those listings to prepare those vendors to get to the market um, and to also the reassurance that's required to get them to the market. And then once it's on the market, uh, it's no longer waiting for those buyers to come to you. It's really, really leveraging those listings mm. um, for the further ongoing work, but also to get those buyers in and putting an offer on the table. Mm. Good to know. Thanks for that. You're welcome. All right. So uh, let's move into the main topic of today. Um, now, on yesterday, which was a Monday, you presented Foxy's uh, the vision for the future of the team for the next two years. I mean, briefly, we'll just briefly touch on it because people probably aren't super interested in, in us, but what's the benefit of sharing a vision like this to, to the team? So I think I spoke last week um, when, I came, when we went to Elite, elite Retreat, um, one of the speakers, Dr. Jason Fox, was talking about um, how you, you go sort of as a business, you start to get busy, 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 and then you're really busy, and then you just start staying in the zone as default thinking, and you don't really think about all the other ways to sort of work on your business, generate um, new ideas, everything like that. I think um, one of the other the other factors that kind of builds into that is losing the way that you talk about where the business is heading and, and the growth of the business and, and the vision, I guess it was, we'll call it. We actually did call it the Foxy vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, one of those, if you asked me last week where I see our business going in five years, I didn't have an answer for you. I would say, well, if you are, we are at 10 years now and we're only five years into the business. I don't know what the future holds. And that as for our employee, and that's an honest answer. However, we've been able to dive into it a whole lot more over the last week. Um, but for our employees, that's a bit of a vague, wishy-washy answer. So for those employees who are here and are driven by progression, and by being part of a business that they feel is exciting and has the growth and the intention for the growth and they can see where their career path is heading, you're going to get so much more out of those employees. They're going to feel so much more engaged and you're going to have the long-term benefits of them staying. So in a job market that is really quite uh, 
transient at the moment with all these the, the COVID um, what do they call it? Resi great COVID resignation. Mm. Really super important that we're looking after our staff and making sure that they're feeling like they're part of something big um, and important and progression. Uh, progressional, mm -hmm. progressive, that's the word I'm after. Uh, and that's what the benefit of sharing our vision with our, our team was yesterday. So yeah, obviously you'd recommend to other businesses oh, to recreate their don't, own vision? And don't, obviously don't get bogged down in your vision. Don't let it hold up what you're doing now. Jake's over off screen and he's, he would normally have input on this, but um, don't let it get bogged down and, and like, don't let it hold you up if you don't have a vision. But having that in place and, and being vocal about it and allowing your staff and your employees to be engaged and actually have say on that vision, you're going to get far more investment um, mm. from them and long-term that's only going to reap the rewards. Yeah, well, just speaking from as one of those employees, yeah. I can say that it is exciting and it is good to to have something to aim for, I suppose, and know the business where the business is headed because then you can go, well, do I want to come along for the ride? Yeah. And where, where is my place in that business? And I think having that for all 20 plus staff and as you shared, potentially 40 plus staff in a couple of years, mm. I think it's important and, and where you fit in, in on that vision. So um, yeah, good job with that one. Well, thanks, exciting times ahead. Absolutely. Um, all right, Q&A. B6.projects on Instagram asked, the process of planning a house a home staging house in a short amount of time. So how you've got a short amount of time to plan an install. Um, I don't know. What's the process of how you go about that? Okay. Uh, again, different, depends on your business model. For us, we own the furniture, so I'm going to go down that path. Uh, you lock in and you want an installation tomorrow. I'm just going to base it off that. I'm going to use a two-bedroom unit as an example. My first thing I do is select the furniture. That's going to determine my colour base, if I'm going to use any sort of coloured furniture. Do I need big statement artwork? All those sort of things are going to be based off the furniture. Select my furniture. Select the fluff. So these are the bits of the pieces that are going to go onto the truck. So these are my artwork, my, my linen, um, my cushions, towels, the baskets, the trees, all those bits and bobs. They're all going to get selected first to allow the boys to then load the truck in without a hold up. So basically I will select that within an hour and the boys can start loading the truck. They would have the truck then also loaded within an hour as long as they've got the time and space and all that sort of stuff. As long as there's two boys available, we're just gonna say it's available. While they're loading up the rest of the truck, I'm gonna go out the back and then do the selections for all the accessories and all the little bits and pieces that go in a stylist's car. So that I'm talking about vases and soap dispensers and outdoor plants, Glasses with limes, magazines, all those bits and bobs, lamps, table table lamps. Um, then I have everything accepted. Yeah. Done. Yeah. That's two hours of work, or probably two and a half hours of work on my part, mm -hmm. and an hour for the truck. Done. But I guess... Easy. It, yeah. <laughs> well, it's easy coming from a place of when you've done thousands of ins, 2,000 ins plus installs. Yeah and you have the experience and you trust in the team. So it is, it's hard to give that, that advice, particularly for that, for B6.projects. But I mean, it just comes with experience and, and processes yeah. and confidence in the I team. I guess one of the things that I don't let me hold, don't hold up uh, my process, uh, I'm not gonna get the floor plan out. I'm not gonna get the floor plan. I'm not gonna look at the measurements. I'm going to know the floor plan, obviously off the top of my head. I'm gonna have had a look at the photos. I'm going to have an idea on layout. Um, but I'm not gonna sit there and go, well, do I use a two and a half or do I use a three-seater? Like, or do I do two occasionals or do I do one occasional? Is it gonna fit? Do I need my, my entertainment unit to be this big or like a bigger? 
I go for furniture that I know is going to fit. Mm. I don't get bogged down in those tiny little details. If I am worried about furniture fitting, I send extras on the mm. truck. So I might send a pair of occasionals and a single occasional for the stylist to then make those decisions on site. Mm. I don't get bogged down in that small stuff. As far as theme and feel and style that I go for, what I have in the warehouse is going to cohesively give me the best outcome and the best look as long as it works for that property is what I'm going to go with, especially if it's a quick over, like turnover. So um, if that agent last time had a certain colour, I'm going to try and avoid that colour for this next listing, particularly if that listing is still live because I want them to be unique and stand out. Lots of those little factors. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Good answer, Phoebe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, next question from Staged NZ. Do you give an inventory list when sending a quote? So what you're going to yeah, take? Yeah, we do a, uh, a vague, so basically I will say to you the big items. I go through each room, these are the pieces that we're gonna hire. Bedroom, you get a double bed ensemble, bedside tables and lamps. I generically say linen, we have a throw rug, uh, a couple of decorative cushions, uh, artwork and accessories. And that is literally all that I, I give, a vague overview so someone can have an idea. But at the very end, we also have a disclaimer that the, the stylists have the ability to substitute, add and delete where is necessary to make sure the job is perfect. So um, the quote's given to our best ability at the time of giving the quote, at the time of the consult. Things change, things change. So um, we'll never do it. We'll always make those decisions in the best interest of the property. Mm. Mm. I think having that asterisk down the bottom and so how, how and clearly, it. yeah, how clearly do you communicate that? At what process is that communicated? Because I have heard of the many years I've been here, instances of the client saying, oh, on the quote, there was this and we, we didn't get that or we received this instead. And yeah. it's because of a certain reason, but how, yeah, yeah. how clearly is that communicated? So the way that we verbalize that is that like we'll send you through the quote, it'll itemize everything out, but we won't leave unless we're happy that is perfect. So for us, that means we will ensure that the rooms are full, we'll make sure that the, the right size rug is provided. We don't necessarily say, there is a disclaimer at the bottom of the quote that says this, that is not there. It is in bold at the bottom of the quote, it's also on the terms and conditions that the client signs. However, oh, that's not my fail safe. If someone comes back to me and says, where are my parcels? I'm not going to, well, our quote says we can delete it. That's never, ever going to be a good customer service point. Yep. So it's about an explanation and communication. And if it needs parcels, I'll get parcels back there. So yep. it's, a, it's there, but it's not my fail safe. Cool. Um, you know, you mentioned that on the terms and conditions, so we'll jump into that. Do you have uh, a proposal service agreement? Um, they actually ask that I could base mine off. Um, however, I assume we're probably not going to send them exactly what we use. But um, if, if we can't do that, what do we include in, our, in, in those terms and conditions? So we've got um, the what insurance covers us. Uh, covers us. What insurance? I'm just going to be a hobbit. Um, what insurance <laughs> covers and what insurance doesn't cover? Um, so, for example, damage caused by pets is something that we now have in bold and underlined. Um, it has the higher period, the need for extension, the need for notification of that extension. Um, the early return of furniture is something that we do have in there because it's a question that we get asked often is do they get a refund if they return early. Um, the ability to allow us to return that um, at the end of the period, return it within two business days of that date to allow it to fit into the truck schedule. Uh, and then also some legalities sort mm. of stuff if they don't pay and who's who's responsible for the legal fees, all mm. that sort of stuff at the very end. How did you come up with this? Did you have a, a lawyer solicitor or how did... No? <laughs> I would like to say yes. No, so... Um, 
we engaged a couple of stylists, and I've, I've spoken about this before, but we used stylists and basically used a format of... We copied it. I'll just say it. We copied some other ones and uh, adjusted it to where we needed it and have been using it now. Have had it go through um, a couple of instances where the people haven't paid and had to have had it go through a legal process. Yep. And it's stood up and it's withheld under those um, situations. Excellent. But, um, yeah, basically, there's not much you can change. So I'm happy. Yeah. To, yeah make sure you actually make sure it's for you. Yeah. That's the most important part. If it's not um, relevant for your business, you're going to have an issue. So you need to make it tailored to you and probably have someone read through it. Cool. Can I can I yes. clarify? So yeah, yeah, we we base we didn't copy it in the sense that we took somebody else's and started using it. Oh, we, no. we copied sections. We did a bit of research on what else was out there that we could find. Um, but to start with, yeah, it was something that we didn't have any you know, legal team or lawyers look at. Um, but we were pretty confident based on where we were getting some of the the clauses and stuff in there that it was going to stand up. And like you said, since then. Um, because we've been forced to, we've had some people look at it and they're, they're pretty happy with, or well, they were happy up. with it, but they actually didn't make any changes. So we're happy with where it is now, but it, um, yeah, it was just looking mm. at other places to start with. Excellent. Okay, last question here from Rick from Newcastle. Thanks for asking questions as always, Rick. Appreciate it. Uh, for areas like Toowoomba and Gold Coast, how do you go about charging for this to make it worth your while if, if you all do right. it all? Gold Coast is a little bit different to Toowoomba. Gold Coast for us is 45 minutes-ish down the coast. Uh, if I, as a basis for us to go to north side of Brisbane, it's an hour as well, 45 minutes from now. So us to get to the Gold Coast is similar to north side of Brisbane. There's not really much difference. However, when we go to the north side of Brisbane, uh, the traffic we've encountered plus the access that we encounter on the north or the west side of Brisbane is significantly worse than the, the very flat lay of the land down at the Gold Coast. So um, there's not really much of a difference for us aside from it's actually better to install than the Gold Coast sometimes. Mm. Um, Toowoomba is different. Toowoomba is two, two hours, two hours up yep. a mountain for a yeah. truck. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot more that we have to consider. And to be honest, we won't. The only time I've ever installed in Toowoomba was for a repeat client, and the agreement had to be. It was for a nice. It was for a very. It was a full truck for a full house style. So that's. It, there's a minimum for those the jobs up in Toowoomba. They're few and far between though. Yeah. Up in Toowoomba, um, it, but it's basically you have to account for your time, and you have to account for that truck is now out. That's not just that time of the truck to do that one job. So it's not just an extra $350 in delivery. That truck now can't do an entire install. You need to consider that. Mm. It's also um, something that's easier for us now with a third truck. Mm. If we only have one truck, tying up that one truck up you know, two hours to and from Toowoomba for the entire day, like you said, means that we can't do an install in Brisbane. So we probably, not probably, we never did it no, at that didn't. point. Now that we have a third truck, there's a little bit more buffer in the system that yep. by, by sending a truck up there for half a day, we're not necessarily having to say no to something else because we can work around it with the other trucks. So yep. it, it really does depend on um, you know what else you could be doing with your time. Yep. Uh, so I found this article on realestate.com.au and I'll firstly start with a question. Out of roughly 10 million households in Australia, how many of those invest in property? How many of the 10 million households in Australia invest in property? So how many of them own the houses or how many have invested? Own or, or own the... So their own home included, is that what we're saying? Yes. <laughs> not, not investment property. Well, they, no. they're not renting. Um, how many people own a, own a property? Well, I would say... don't really know and I should know. No, it's just a guess. I'm going to say 70%. Just... No, less than no, that, 60%. That. I'm going to go 45. 2 or 20%. 2 million out of 10 million. <laughs> a lot less, Okay. 
Yeah, so the article... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my number's so far off. What about <laughs> the children? The children don't own houses. No, households. Households, yeah. yeah. Really? Only 20%? So the average Australian landlord isn't who you, you might imagine is what the title of the article. A uh, bit of a, a few points here summary for you. Australia is unusual in that the vast majority of the residential dwelling stock is owned by households. That's kind of going against it, but more than 95% of it in fact. That's unlike some other countries where government or corporate ownership of rentals is more common. I feel, uh, like, I feel like this is investment properties, not owning your own house. Um, because it's talking about landlords and... Yeah, correct. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah. so, the Great Australian Dream is to own your own house. Yeah, right sorry. now, yeah. more people own their own home than, and that's what's... This is only come out of the retreat, but a huge shift that we're going to see over the next mm. um, short amount of time to doing predominantly rentals instead of us owning our own home because we're okay. pricing out in the time generation. Yeah. Yeah, so this is for... I definitely don't... I don't think this is household owners. I think yeah. this is landlords. Yeah, so, yeah. so while, the, while most households don't invest in property, as I sort of said, the share that does has actually increased quite a bit in the past four decades. So it is going up still, but as you mentioned, maybe we're um, seeing like a bit of a see shift. I'd like to see the impact of the new tenancy laws in Queensland, what that had on there. What's those? Uh, they're not very good for the uh, Owners, landlord. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, the biggest issue. All right, we're going to finish with an uh, under-overrated quick segment. Okay, insulated drink bottles. Over underrated. Overrated. You found random things. How random? I'm not sure how to answer that. I'm, I can. I'm going to sit on the fence on that one. You don't even have one. I, I have one, and it was a great way I used it, but then I just stopped using it. Yeah. So you just use the plastic bottles. Yeah. <laughs> so don't you overrated. Overrated. Oh, but who doesn't have a good thermos? <laughs> who doesn't? Well, if you thought that was yeah. random, think about this one. Mandarins. Overrated. No, underrated. They're great. They smell no, great. No, imperial but, um, mandarins. It has to be specific. Oh, yes. imperial. I don't get excited saggy by skin. a mandarin. <laughs> it's all about the saggy skin. Yeah. <laughs> Quote that one. Uh, email marketing. Underrated. You're going to say under. I know mm. that the rates of open and all that have come down a long way since, well, over the last couple of decades, but I'd say under at the moment. Mm. Apparently there's a bit of a resurgence because they have been down for so long. People, businesses stop doing it. So, and and it's a case of you own the list. You like if you have somebody's email, it's not like Facebook can change something that means that you're less impactful. Yep. You you have that list yourself. Yeah, that's true. And Google and uh, email services are getting better at spam detection too, which is always good. Uh, staging. Well, they still put us in spam. Do they? Our quotes. Yeah. Must Nine times out of ten, name. it is yeah. foxy. Nine times out of ten, we're <laughs> spam. Thanks, Google. Uh, staging, uh, using clothes in walk-in wardrobes. Overrated. Overrated. Yeah. Yeah. Still doesn't make it feel homely. Who only has white shirts? That's true. Yeah, true. Who owns fluffy bathrobes like that? No one. Um, taking the Clem 7 tunnel. Oh, under, <laughs> underrated. underrated. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll pay that toll any day. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm no, no, no one else can... Know that though, because then everyone else will use it, and then it'll become using yeah using tunnels to save yourself five minutes. I feel like underrated. Underrated. Yeah. Yep. Convenience. Great. All right. Well, that's it for the podcast, Foxy Property Chat Podcast. Thanks for joining everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for asking questions, and we'll see you back here next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Katie. Bye, everyone.